Hey everyone, my name is OJ Tucker, host of the OJ Tucker podcast, the only comedy tennis podcast that talks about a political and societal culture as a whole. My name is OJ Tucker, as the name would suggest. Happy Thursday. Hopefully you guys are getting ready for your weekend, spending time with your family, your friends, watching the latter half, the end of the Miami Open as well. There's a little bit of news that we can get into outside of the tennis world. In terms of news outside of the tennis world that we can get into, we can discuss Eric Adams parting with celebs uh, in, in terms of the launch of a new Wells Fargo credit card and just the overall absurdity that happened with that. Zoe Kravitz shading Will Smith and just the ensuing Twitter drama that occurred with Zoe Kravitz shading Will Smith on Instagram. Same with Jim Carrey as well. Jim Carrey got into a bit of a tussle on Twitter because of how he believed that he would sue Will Smith for over $200 million. He said that on CBS this morning, but we can also get into that as well as the Zoe Crowds news. And then we can also get into Will Smith's Instagram apology in terms of apologizing, apologizing to the Academy Awards as, as well as Chris Rock. And he only mentioned Chris Rock's name one time during the entire po- apology. But where we can get into and where we'll get started for today will be Nick Kyrgios versus Jonic Sinner. Yesterday, if you guys haven't watched it, there were a few good matches uh, that occurred yesterday. Uh, obviously, you had uh, Medvedev Brooksby and you had Sitsipas Alcaraz. And this was one of the more interesting matches. Not so much on the court, but more so off the court. And if you didn't watch it, John Xander beat Nikirio 7 6, 7 3 was a tie breaking set, and 6 3 was the second set. So he beat him in straight sets. And the reason as to why I wanted to, dis- to discuss this match was because of the fact that there were several outbursts during this entire runtime of this match for Nick Kyrgios that really hurt him in the long run. John Center, we'll just get into that first set. John Center was awarded point penalty to make it 6-3 tiebreak because Carlos Bernardes thought Kyrgios was talking about him. And then later, in that, at the end of that first set, John Center was given game penalty at end of first set because of the racket smashed by Kyrgios. So he got, two point, he got two penalties. One was a point penalty and one was a game penalty. And right from then on out, uh, it was mostly John Sinner's game to win, uh, match to win, and Nick Kyrgios's match to lose. And overall, there were several points of this match where I was watching, and I thought to myself, he's back to the same old ways. You know, th- this is back to the same old ways for Nick Kyrgios. And it's, it really does sting. It does sting because when you think of Nick Kyrgios for the past few months, he was on a good track. You know, he was... Doing well at the Australian Open in terms of the double side. He reached the semifinal slash quarterfinal, quarterfinal of the Indian Wells Masters. Even though he did lose to Rafa Nadal, he still gave a valiant effort, took it three sets, had some great serves. Wasn't that great on the baseline, but overall, in terms of serving, did amazing, did phenomenal. And he really got Rafa Nadal shook. And he gave a valiant effort, as I said, uh, against Rafa Nadal. But this is a step backward for Nick Kyrgios. I don't think he should conduct himself in this manner. He's way too old now. I mean, he's as old as he's ever been. He right now is at his like late 20s, I would say, late 20s. It, it, he should not be conducting himself in this matter. I know people don't like Carlos Bernardes on the tour. I get it. I get it. But again, you should not have. You should not lash out on umpires. You should not smash your racket incessantly. Again, this is a. These rackets are not cheap whatsoever they're upwards of 200 bucks now i i've seen some rackets that are like 250 300 you know why would you smash you know a racket that is quite expensive i have no idea but again that's nick curious for you and again i like nick curious i want to be very very honest and vocal about this i think nick curious on a good day he's great for the sport of tennis you know i think he allows individuals the casual viewer to watch it to enjoy it you know because he offers spontaneity and he offers an element of surprise that is very lacking in today's game but again stuff like this is not normal and i understood where why he was mad you know he was saying that this should not happen apparently like during the first set carlos bernardes had his walkie-talkie on and this is an atp 1000 tournament i get it you know you should not be having a walkie-talkie on and curios was upset at him i, I understood why but again, you have to focus on the match. You have to focus on what's ahead of you, not what's beside you, not what's behind you, not you know over the uncontrollables. You have to focus on what's ahead of you and what's in front of you. And for Nick Kyrgios, he just wasn't able to do that. He wasn't able to maintain his composure. And as a result, you saw, saw it bite him in, in the back. 
you know, so you saw him bite, you saw Biden in the bat in the, his rear, you know, so again, you know, he shouldn't, Carlos Bernardo should not have had his walkie talkie on. I get that. I get that. But again, you have to focus on the match. You have to focus on how you can do better at the baseline, which he was not doing as well as he should have been doing. You should focus on how to, you know, maintain and, and control the pace of the ball so that John Alexander doesn't whip out a forehand or a backhand for a winner. You know, these are the things that you should focus on. You should focus on maintaining your unforced errors. You should focus on, you know, focusing uh, on both wings of the court. You know, those are the things that you should be focusing on and relying on instead of focusing on things that are outside of that. You know, instead of, instead of thinking about factors that are not within your control. So again, I don't think, uh, I mean, I do think that this is a thing that we're going to expect more out of Kyrgios. And it, it does sting because Nick Kyrgios, on a good day, he can compete with anybody. He really can. We've seen that with Rafa Nadal a few years ago, like a little, a little over like eight, nine years ago. We've seen it against Federer, you know, in several matches in the past four or five years. You know, Nick Kyrgios can compete against the big dogs. He can compete against talented players and he can win it just wasn't evident last uh last match and hopefully for the clay season we're able to see a new improved curios but again i wouldn't be shocked if he just goes back to the same old ways and i think that's sort of the running theme and the story behind nick curious's career a person that can compete but not get over the hump and, not, and can't get his emotions in check. And I think that Nick Kyrgios, if he wants to win, if he wants to do well, if he wants to succeed in the sport, he must do that or else we'll just see him continue the same old ways as we have always been seeing him. And it's sad, man. It really is. You know, he is a man that should not, this should not be happening to. You know, I mean, we've seen him win. We've seen him at the top before. Maybe not so much in majors, but in terms of winning an ATP 1000s, uh, in terms of winning an ATP 1000 tournament, we've seen him win. You know, it's just, he just needs to focus on tennis. That's all he needs to do. Not, not lash out, not give outbursts for the sake of giving outbursts. Focus on tennis. That's what he should focus on. You know, he that's what he should control. That's the only thing he can control, control honestly. You know, nothing on nothing on nothing on anything else besides that. But again, you know, Nick Kyrgios is a person that just routinely cannot keep his emotions in check. And if this is what's going to happen for an, for an AP one thousand tournament, my God, just imagine what could happen if he reaches the final of a Grand Slam. I mean, how will that look for for the average casual viewer? You know, the average casual viewer does like, you know, the one or two outbursts. But when it's incessant, when it's routine, I mean, it, it's a turnoff. It really is. I mean, there's a difference between, you know, a Roger Federer getting mad at an umpire once in his career versus Nick Kyrgios doing it for the thousandth time. You know, I mean, a, a one outburst out of out of a blue moon, whatever. It's part of the sport. You know, it's a long sport. There's there is no off season besides December. You know, you're gonna have one uh, one outburst. I, I I get that. I get all that. But routinely, not good, not good whatsoever. And Nick Kyrgios, at his age, should know better. That's what it comes down to. He should know better, and it, it really does sting that this is what people will take away from his career now. You know, a person that had so much potential but just couldn't keep his emotions in check. And, you know, I really wanted this match to be like, see, Nick Kyrgios can beat John Center. You know, I mean, we've seen that Indian Wells Masters. I mean, Nick Kyrgios and John Center were slated to face off e each other before that quarterfinal. Um, but again... They weren't able to because John Center retired, uh, wasn't able to play. He withdrew from the match. And I'm like, okay, if he can win against John Center this ATP 1000 uh, tournament at the Miami Open, then you could see a different, new and improved Nick Kyrgios. Uh, but that just wasn't the case whatsoever. And this is going to be the running theme with Nick Kyrgios for the foreseeable future, a person that has all the talent in the world, that has some of the best servers you'll ever see, a person that can utilize all areas of the court, but also an individual that can't keep his emotions in check. And that's going to be what people will think of Nick Kyrgios when it comes to his career. 
And hopefully I'm wrong. I want him. To, I want to be wrong. You know, hopefully he's able to you know squeak by with a major. You know, but again, that's that's what's going to be his career for now, from now until forever. And again, that's that's nothing. That's not something that we should really support. Yeah, you know, I think. I don't know. I don't know this point. You know, um, there were some good matches. I mean, the Brooks B Sitsipas match was really good. I mean, Medvedev Brooks B match. Medvedev obviously beat him in straight sets. Uh, Sitsipas all across also pretty good match. But again, this was just the most noteworthy match, and my apologies if this wasn't the match that you want to hear. But again, this is the running theme for Nick Kyrgios, you know, a person that has all the talent in the world and should win majors. I mean, on paper, if you look at Nick Kyrgios and his career and in terms of his skills, skill strengths, I mean, 10, 20 years ago, even now, he he would be a multiple major winner. But again, he just can't keep his emotions in check. You know, and I like Nick Kyrgios. He's a person that, you know, I was very, very vocal in defending last year. And there were times where I was defending him where I'm like, okay, this is kind of dumb that I'm defending him, but I'll defend him for this instance and this instance alone. You know, there was a point where he was like criticizing Clay Quartz. And I'm like, yeah, go go criticize Clay Quartz. And now I look back a year later and I'm like, what, what was I thinking? Why was I on his side for no reason? And it's like... Like that's what I that's what happens when I'm uh, when I go from tennis fan to tennis commentator is I like at some point I had to like sort of not have that dogmatic view on tennis players and I need to be more sort of you know step aside from from the noise and just look at things as they are and that's what I'm doing with this with this curious match and it really does sting you know I, I think over the last year or so. I've sort of had a different view on Kyrgios. Last year, I was like overly defending him at times where I just just didn't feel like it was appropriate for me to do. Uh, looking back a year on out, during the time, I was like, okay, I'll defend him. But now looking back a year, uh, there are times where I was defending him. We're like, why, why am I defending him? Like, why? why? Why is this needed? Why would I defend him in this instance? Uh, so hopefully I've changed in that regard, in that shape. Uh, but again, that's that's something that, I've realized is that I have to be more and hopefully I've done this for the past few months or so and hopefully there's a bit bit of a change with that but hopefully people look at this and say okay he's at least talking about it you know from a better perspective from a more outsider perspective and you know and not in terms of a you know trying to buddy but i wasn't trying to ever buddy buddy with tennis players that's not what i do but like hopefully people view me differently now in the past few months as as opposed to like a month as opposed to like a year or so ago so yeah that's just my overall thoughts and opinions on nick curios john center you got to give john center's credit for winning i mean got to give john center's credit um you know I, i don't know how many majors he'll win at the end of his career maybe one or two uh, but again, you have to give John Center his credit, you know, and, um, you know, John Center calls all cross. Those are the new guard, you know, those are the new guard and you got to brace yourself with them. You know, they're really good players. All right, let's get it back and let's get it into news outside of the tennis world, shall we? So Will Smith issued an Instagram apology uh, last Monday night, I would say, and it was pretty lengthy. Uh, let me just recap it for you on Instagram. So Will Smith, this is from his words. Violence in all of its forms is poisonous and destructive. My behavior at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my expense are a part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear and I reacted emotionally. I would like to apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line and I was wrong. I am embarrassed and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. There is no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. I would also like to apologize to the Academy the producers of the show, all the attendees, and everyone watching around the world. All he was doing with that line was just saying, hey, I want to keep my Academy Award. Nothing more, nothing less. That's all he was trying to say with that. I would like to apologize to the Williams family and my King Richard family. I deeply regret that my behavior has stained what has been an otherwise gorgeous journey for all of us. I am a work in progress. Sincerely, Will. All right, so this is the thing, and obviously... I'll talk about Will Smith and something tangential to Will Smith 
for like the next 20 or so minutes but hopefully it's a kibosh to that i feel like we've talked incessantly about it i feel like what has been said has already been said and overall just know that when i when i talk about will smith for this episode that will be it there will be a kibosh to it because at the end of the day what has been said or has already been said but i do feel like this is a little bit important to discuss because he only mentioned chris rock once in the entire instagram post right he mentioned the academy he said that he he is deeply regretful and sorrowful that he's sorry to the king richard family to uh the williams family which i get the williams family the king richard family they're they're swimming in oscars as well so whatever uh, i get actually i understand why he apologized to the king richard family but again again uh he only apologized to chris rock once during that entire thing and as I've said when I was recapping this Instagram apology, it was only to keep his Academy Award. There was nothing more, nothing less to it. That, that's all it was. It was just an attempt, and I'm sure his publicist made him do it, and I'm sure the publicist actually wrote the apology, so I don't know how sincere his apology was. Uh, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for that, but all, of it, all it was was a message saying, hey, don't give this award to Denzel don't give this award to Andrew Garfield. Don't give this award to Benedict Cumberbatch. You know, don't give this award to other individuals that were, in my, in my opinion, my opinion as O.J. Tucker, were far more deserving than that of, say, Will Smith. You know, I mean, and this may be an unpopular opinion, but I, I never viewed Will Smith as, like, a great actor. Like, there are great actors, like Javier Bardem, great actor, right? Daniel Day-Lewis, great actor, phenomenal actor. Christian Bale, phenomenal actor. You know, Brad Pitt, another phenomenal actor. Um, Denzel Washington, great actor, phenomenal actor. I don't put Will Smith in that category. You know, I don't. And I don't think he should have been nominated. I don't think he should have won the award for this film. I like King Richard. I, I thought it was a good movie, commendable movie. I just didn't think he was that great to win that Oscar. But I, I get it. You know, it was his night to win. And because of the fact that he wasn't escorted, it gave you the indication that he was going to win the award. But again, it, he only apologized to Chris Rock once. And overall, this makes Chris Rock PR and perspective that much more positive. I think more people are rallying, rallying behind Chris Rock. And that's a good thing. You know, I, I, Chris Rock is now touring. He's going, to the, he's going to the Wilbur, which is a theater in Boston, my hometown. And ticket prices are soaring. Like I saw third third party vendors selling it for two hundred to four hundred bucks a ticket. So again, he's swimming in this, and good for him because this is not an appropriate way to lash out on jokes, right? Like if I was Chris Rock in the moment, I would have easily just roasted him. I get why he didn't roast him because obviously the show must go on. He's got to present best documentary. Uh, he, he, he flubbed the line by saying we're here to present documentary and then he said no we're here to present the Oscar for best documentary uh, which I thought that was kind of funny but you know I mean it would, it would have been so hilarious if, we, if you just saw you know Chris Rock saying hey if you want to keep my if you want to keep your wife's name out of my mouth well keep your wife's mouth out of other people's you know crotches you know I mean that's something that I would say or something you know I would say like you know, this is what happens when when Oscars go too black. You know, like again, these these are all jokes you probably heard on Twitter, but I felt like if Chris Rock just mentioned it, it would have been that much more hilarious. Uh, but again, I understand why he didn't. And again, Chris Rock, it just shows that he's a god. You know, I mean, think about it. Think about the amount of specials that he released in the '90s and the staying power that those specials have. You know, whether it's Bigger and Blacker, Bring the Pain, that first HBO half hour. I mean, Chris Rock's career and his words and his comedy specials will outlive that of Will Smith. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. There are far more memorable, memorable lines off of Never Scared than that of, say, I, I Am Legend or Pursuit of Happiness. Not, you know, diminishing those roles that Will Smith was in, but Chris Rock's career will outlast that of Will Smith. And 100 years from now, when people look back at actual, I don't want to, you know, lump comedy as an art form or stand-up comedy as an art form because I don't think stand-up comedy is an art form. But when you look at uh, his specials, they will have far more staying power than that of any of Will Smith's films. 
I guarantee you that. And I think right now, you got to give Chris Rock his flowers because not only did he take that slap, but he was able to go on with the show. And now the internet loves him. And good for, good for him because this is not an adequate way of handling a joke, right? And props to Tom Segura, props to David Spade, props to Andrew Schultz, props to everybody you know who's been vocal about their hatred for Will Smith because of this. Because this is not an appropriate way to do this, right? It's not. You know, again, you know, if you're Jada Pinkett Smith, if you make money, if you monetize off the fact that you have alopecia, if you're putting it out into the ether, if you're, if you're speaking into existence, if you want people to dissect it, if you're trying to monetize off the fact that you have a medical condition, understand that there will be jokes at your expense. And you got to roll with the punches and you got to take the heat. Right? If you're going to monetize off of your skin condition or hair condition, if you're going to monetize off your medical condition, you got to understand that people will make jokes about it. You know, if you're a public celebrity and you're making money off of your own medical condition, you've got to roll with the punches. You got to take the heat. You know, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. You know, don't get in, don't be don't be at the Oscars then. Front row. If if you are a celebrity and if you don't want to be roasted, don't sit at the front row. She was propped right at the front row. What do you think a comedian would do? Right? If you're at the front row and you are looking kind of weird if you're doing something that's out of normal best believe that a comedian will roast you and you got to take the heat you know if you're at a comedy show and if you heckle somebody you're going to get roasted you're going to get these jokes and you got to understand that you know this is just comedy 101 and the fact that will smith has and this is what i what i learned for the past month or so over a month ago i learned about this will smith has a comedy show a stand-up show on roku where he tries to help out other comedians. So if I'm other comedians, how would I view this information? I mean, it, it clearly shows that Will Smith does not care about stand-up comedy. So if he has final say over the jokes, what does that say about your own career? You know, obviously, if you're a stand-up comedian, if you need the money, go ahead, get the money. I'm not lambasting you for that or lampooning you for that. But at the same time, understand that you're working with an egomaniac that cannot take a joke. So... If I'm on that show, I'm thinking twice before I sign the dotted line and allow this to occur. You know, I mean, that's just what I, that's just my overall thoughts on that matter. So again, Will Smith, I mean, he's a person that, you know, again, shows, he showed you his true colors. You know, he portrays himself as this family man, as this man that doesn't curse, as this individual that, you know, is all about prop, about being proper and, and being sort of coherent with your thoughts and ideas and keeping your emotions in check and he tries to portray this image through his instagram and social mediums that he's this mentally well individual that you know is is one of us but again oscar sunday it showed that actions speak louder than words and will smith is he has a lot of serial killer vibes to him he really does he, he has i mean i, I mean He's, I mean, Daniel Tosh had a joke on Twitter. He was like, I mean, he's a Scientologist, <laughs> which is like the best way you can ever say it and the most Daniel Tosh way you can ever say it. Uh, Chris Dooley actually chimed in where he's like, where he was like sort of making fun of the Oscars, but then everybody was like, you're a pedophile. <laughs> they, they just like went right after Chris Dooley. And Chris Dooley had to delete the tweet, get off Twitter. I mean, that was, I mean... He had it coming, don't get me wrong, he had it coming, but that was just hilarious to see uh, that that he would choose the Oscars out of all, out of any day to like go after Will Smith. And he just saw the quote tweets on Chris D'Elia just saying, you're a pedophile, you're, you're a pedophile. It was just, oh my God. It was, honestly, I'm getting sick and tired of talking about Will Smith, but Sunday was just, oh my God, that was a minefield for Twitter. I mean, that was like, up there with Michael Jackson dying in terms of what broke the internet. Like, remember when back 10, 12 years ago when Michael Jackson passed away? Like, that was up there. Like, I don't think we'll ever understand, like, the extent of what, how Twitter broke down and how the internet broke down un until, like, maybe next month or in a few years. Because that was akin to Michael Jackson dying. Like, in my opinion, that was akin to that. Uh, but, yeah. Overall... Those are my opinions on Will Smith's apology. Let's get into news within that spectrum. Uh, Zoe Kravitz shaded Will Smith on his Instagram. And 
this was in re- in regard to obviously a slap. I'm just pulling this from from her Instagram account. She posted a picture of her at Oscars red carpet, uh, looking great by the way. I mean, Zoe Kravitz, beautiful uh, definition of elegance and beauty. Uh, but she tweet, uh, sent like a caption saying, "Here's a picture of my dress at the award show where we are apparently assaulting people on stage now." And a lot of people really were mad at Zoe Kravitz on Twitter. A lot of the Will Smith stands went after her. And they dug up some past quotes about Zoe Kravitz in regards to Jaden Smith when Jaden Smith was 14 years old. And there were sort of like predatory remarks, I would say. Uh, Zoe Kravitz, uh, this was like some Twitter tweet, you know, saying Zoe Kravitz, also a predator, also a predator by the way. And it was a quote tweet saying, uh, there were moments that I was hanging out with Jaden and thinking, I can't believe you're 14. I have to check myself. Like, what I say to you? Uh, she laughs. He has so much personality and so much swag. He is much cooler than I am, and he's so handsome. Uh, that's, But again, like, a mother says that about children as well. Like, I mean, there's so many mothers that, that tell their sons that they're handsome. I mean, I mean, look at any Italian household. You know, Italian mothers are, pro- are pro- prolific. I mean, not prolific, but uh, they're known for telling their sons they're handsome, that they're the that they're the that they're the hot thing. You know, that they're that most handsome pe- person ever. Uh, but again, going back into this quote, uh, Zoe Kravitz also states, "I was always like, when you're older, you know, we'll hang out. Nope, that's inappropriate. You're 14." Uh, I mean. I don't know. I feel like they're kind of reaching with this. I mean, Zoe Kravitz, I don't think she's a predator whatsoever. She seems quite normal. Uh, she's dating a person that's around her age range, Channing Tatum. Uh, she, I don't think she's a predator. I, I don't think so. I feel like Twitter's reaching with that. I mean, you know, I mean, she again says that that's inappropriate. You're 14. So it doesn't really seem like she is one. Uh, did she have to make those remarks? I don't think so, but again, I don't think she's a predator by any stretch of the imagination. If that's what people are going after, uh, again, maybe I'm missing something, uh, so my apologies, but if this is what people are going after her on Twitter, I feel like that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, I don't think Zoe Kravitz is that individual. I mean, I think there's a difference between like Zoe Kravitz and then like, I don't know, Harvey Weinstein. You know, there's a difference between that. There's a difference between Zoe Kravitz and Woody Allen. You know, there's a difference between Zoe Kravitz and Roman Polanski, right? So I, I don't think this is a cancelable, cancelable worthy thing to get mad over. I mean, this is not something to get your pants in a twist, you know. Again, did she have to make those comments about Jane Smith? Probably not. You know, this is, I feel like this is very similar to like MGK talking about like Kendall or Kylie uh, five, six years ago when, you know, he was talking about them and whatnot, or, you know, MGK talking about Eminem's daughter. Like, this is very similar to that where he's like, I, I won't, I won't disparage Eminem's daughter because Eminem is king. That's MGK's words. So again, like, I felt like this was very similar to that. Um, again, I don't think there was anything wrong. I mean, I understand why people are sort of mad about her, but again, like, I don't think this is anything as bad as say Roman Polanski or, or Woody Allen. Again, she states that's inappropriate. You're 14. So I mean, I don't think Zoe Kravitz should be canceled for this. I, I don't. I mean, not only is she a great actor, but this is not deemed deemable for cancel cancellation. I just don't think so. Um, but again, you know, I mean, Zoe Kravitz. She had a point. You know, I mean, first off, she's beautiful. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. She's a be- she's a she's a beauty. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but again. I mean, she's a great actor as well. I mean, why would you cancel a great actor for something that, you know, she said? You know, I mean, these are just words. They're not actions. They're just words. You, I mean, if we learn anything from the Chris Rock thing is that you can't cancel somebody for, for the words they say. You know, I mean, you can obviously judge them. You can obviously do that. But again, there's a difference between words and assault. You know, you can't jail somebody for what they say. You just can't. You can't put them, whether it's in Twitter jail or actual jail, there's a difference between words and actual physical and sexual assault. And Zoe Kravitz, uh, while she may have said something that were said some things and some crass words that, you know, were may be you know, sort of weird, but overall, it, it's just words at the end of the day. You can't let words affect you. If there's a running theme with this whole incident, whether it's Zoe Kravitz or Will Smith or any of the fiasco that has been happening for the past few days with in regards to uh, 
to this Will Smith news is that words shouldn't hurt you. You know, what happened to that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Words should not hurt you. They can't hurt you. If you, if words hurt you, you are a fragile individual and you have to check your emotions and you have to check your well-being. Again, there's a difference between actual assault and words. And if you don't understand that, then I don't know what to say to you. I really don't. Words should not hurt you at all. You know, I say this as a person that, you know, had to go through that. You know, I mean, there are times where people make fun of me and you have to deal with, you have to roll with the punches. You know, you do. I do. I have to roll with the punches. You know, and I, and I do the best I can with that. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, as a comedian, I got, if I'm able to dish it out, I got to be able to take it as well. You know, so I feel like people need to understand that. You know, if you're a public celebrity, you got to take the jokes. Simple as that. You know, but again, uh, Zoe Kravitz, I don't think she should have been canceled for this. And I don't, I don't think Twitter should be going after Zoe Kravitz, honestly. Like, she's one of the good people, you know. I mean, she's so angelic. I mean, have you seen that compilation video of Zoe Kravitz saying what on Twitter? It's the cutest thing you'll ever see. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, go check out my Batman review, by the way, for... I, I know I mentioned Zoe Kravitz, but go check out my Batman review. Zoe Kravitz starred in it, so go check it out. Me and Nathan Long reviewed it. It's on my uh, YouTube account, YouTube channel, uh, Ajay Tucker Podcast. Go check it out. But yes, um, again, you know, it's a good movie, and Zoe Kravitz is amazing in it. And I, I want to see more Zoe Kravitz uh, because she's just, she's just that angelic, in my opinion. But uh, yeah. Uh, she's not in the wrong here, you know, I mean, Will Smith should take a joke, and I feel like all the Will Smith stands, all the Jada Pinkett stands, uh, they're mentally ill, and that's something that I realized about this, I mean, you think the barbs are, you know, chaotic, I I've never seen any, any person more chaotic than the stands of the Smith family, oh my god, they they are crazy people, crazy, crazy people. It's also important to talk about Jim Carrey as well. Uh, Jim Carrey was interviewed by Gail King on CBS this morning where he was like, if Will Smith slapped me, I would have to sue him for $200 million. And Twitter went after Jim Carrey as well. And they showed an award show where Jim Carrey went up on stage and kissed Alicia Silverstone without her consent. Uh, that's a little too sketchy, in my opinion. He just walked up on stage. Alicia, Alicia Silverstone was like presenting the award and he just did like a full mouth-to-mouth kiss to Alicia Silverstone. And uh, yeah, that's a little weird. I'm not going to lie. That's a little weird. I got to I got to see more context through uh, behind it though. Maybe they planned it. I don't know. There are times where, you know, award shows do plan things. You know, like I remember the Bruno, the, the MTV Music Awards thing where Eminem was just sitting on, uh, sitting, uh, was uh, sitting on, uh, in the theater and you just see Sasha Baron Cohen just like drop, you know, face first with his ass out right in front of Eminem. Uh, go check out that video. Cause I remember watching it back when I was a kid and laughing at it. I still laugh at it because I like that kind of juvenile humor, but I, I thought that was like the funniest thing when I was a chip, when I was a kid, just like Sasha Baron Cohen, just going face first, like basically just going like mouth to mouth. Uh, it's just, that was just hilarious to see. You know, again, I like juvenile humor. I do, especially uh, I like white humor, white boy humor, and that was the core ethos of white boy humor. So, so I kind of like that, you know. But again, this is kind of different. Uh, I won't really consider this white boy humor. Uh, again, I got to know more about the incident between Jim Carrey and Alicia Silverstone. Uh, I'm pretty sure Alicia Silverstone will say something about it. Uh, she needs the attention, I would say. She would need the attention. Same with Jim Carrey as well. I'm not saying Jim Carrey is above that, but again, I mean, Twitter was just going right after these two individuals. I mean, there's a civil war on Twitter right now, and people are just flinging mud against each other, and they're, they're getting pie on their face while doing it. Uh, it. It's a war zone on Twitter like it always is, and I don't like Twitter anymore. I really don't. Uh, obviously, it was fun on Sunday, but now it's run its course. It really has. And I don't, I don't know. I just don't want to subject myself to that horror, to that torture. I truly do not care about, you know, the Smith family as much as I think I should, or as much as I wanted to. Like when I saw this, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll talk about it ad nauseum, you know, until the wheels fall off. But now that I'm discussing it, I'm like, 
why it's run its course like any everything that had that could have been said about the smith family and about this incident has already been said it already has been said i mean honestly like yeah i remember there was this one joke that really cracked me up where i where was like will smith is going to watch extra hard as jada smith gets smashed <laughs> i'm like you that that is true uh that's very true i'm pretty sure he would watch extra hard and extra long uh watching that i mean i heard like august alcina like god will smith's permission to like smash jada pinkett which that is i mean that family is so weird like not even like talking about this about their children i mean their children are weird personified i mean will smith is one one person that i find quite weird but jaden smith takes the cake i mean this is a man that went straight into rap i mean i don't think he's written one lyric down i mean i'm pretty sure he talks about washing dirty dishes but jaden smith is one weird dude i mean he really is uh obviously he does some humanitarian work that's good i mean he feeds the homeless i remember he had like some vegan food truck so that's good but overall generally speaking that family is weird that is a weird ass family and and i i don't know i find i find it to be quite quite sad honestly like i find their i find their family to be quite sad like imagine the kardashians but a family that just can't take the heat that can't take the blowback that can't take the criticism that's the Smith family, you know, and and I want to see Jada Pinkett Smith on Red Table Talk talk about this. I want to talk about her. I want her to talk about her recent entanglements. I want to see if she had any entanglements afterwards. Uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be quite hard to justify an entanglement. But hey, uh, I wouldn't put anything past the Smith family. I'm pretty sure they will be fine with Jada Pinkett having an entanglement with some other person. Uh, I don't know who, who it would be. Uh, Bill Hader. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think Bill Hader would fit in that picture, but uh, I don't know why I said Bill Hader. But again, it's just weird. It's that, that family is so weird. I mean, yeah, I don't know what to say besides that. You know, it, that family, they really need to go to rehab. They really need to go to family therapy because it, this is not normal. This is not what a married couple with children should do. Like any married couple with children that cheat on each other, that have, that are open, that are, have other relationships, that's not a family that is emotionally checked. That's, that's not a family that's healthy mentally, emotionally. And, and I, I don't think that, I think of anything else. I think the idea of having a, a open relationship or polyamorous polyamorous relationship, if, if you will, I felt like all of those, you know, sort of pros died as soon as Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, because it's not healthy to have that. You know, it's not healthy to be in a polyamorous relationship. I'm sorry, it's not. It's not healthy. It really isn't. I know people are are, are in favor of it. I'm not. I, I don't like polyamorous relationships. I don't think it's a healthy way of looking at at a relationship. You know, what's healthy is the idea of till death do us part you know and and that's what makes a marriage healthy you know obviously divorce if you have to divorce i'm not saying you shouldn't get divorced but i'm just saying that if you're going to be in a relationship understand that you have to listen to that other individual you have to have the same feelings and make sure that the feelings are reciprocated and that you're able to go with the highs and the lows and you know not turn your back on your spouse when the going gets tough and that's something that the Smith family hasn't exemplified for the past few years or so. And, it, you know, I mean, I feel like that's where I'll sort of end it off with that sort of discussion when it comes to the Smith family. You know, it's, it's not healthy. It really isn't. You know, what they've been doing for the past few years or so is not a healthy way of, of, of being in a relationship. And the fact that they're normalizing it and acting as, as if this is normal behavior it's not, you know, you, I, I do not think polyamorous re relationships are good or beneficial. I don't, you know, I mean, I'm sorry. It's just not. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, let's get out of it. You know, let's get out of talking about, uh, you know, Will Smith and, and, and Jada Pinkett and uh, Zoe Kravitz. Let's get out of, the, out of the celebrity world, if you will. And let's talk about things 
outside of that nature, outside of that vantage point, outside of that perspective. Um, something happened on Monday night, I would say, leading into Tuesday morning. Um, Eric Adams partied with Cara Delevingne and ASAP Rocky, as well as other individuals. Uh, let's, I'm just getting this from Curbed.com. So again, I, it, it's up to, you know, just getting the, getting this from them. Eric Adams, Dr. Oz, and Cardell Levine attend card party. Attend credit card party. Uh, getting the full thing from here. Just getting this uh, select quote from Curb.com. Get your butts back to New York City because New York City is where you want to be, Eric Adams said Monday night. The where he was referring to specifically was Midtown. Somehow it's always Midtown in quotes. At one Vanderbilt at a promotional event for a credit card targeted at renters. Uh, Adams and his butt. Did I, I'm, okay, Adams and his butt attended the party with the kinds of celebrities who will show up to a party for a credit card targeted at renters. <laughs> Dr. Oz, uh, they definitely editorialized this, but hey, they're not wrong. Dr. Oz, Floyd Mayweather, Cara Delevingne, Cause. And Wells Fargo credit card partner built rewards, the ghost of, fake, of the fake accounts Wells Fargo created for clients between the years 2002 and 2016, however, nearby. ASAP Rocky, Rocky which I love, ASAP Rocky, ASAP Rocky, great out rapper, testing, go listen to it. I know people hate it. To me, it's a good album. ASAP Rocky, Wyclef John performed Delavine dance while Adam stood, smiled, and flashed the occasional thumbs up. And if you didn't watch the video, I mean... Cara Delevingne was coked out of her mind. She was definitely on some form of liquor, and she was just dancing um, maniacally like a maniac in the corner. And, yeah, she was dancing right beside Eric Adams. I do not know what she was doing. I mean, she should be in Britain uh, supporting her great-great-great-grandfather who was behind the black and tans, but who, whatever, that's that's Cara Delevingne for you. Uh, Cara Delevingne was just dancing maniacally. She was definitely coked out, coked out of her mind and uh, definitely on some form of uh, liquor, uh, if, if you will, but, which should be happening. If you're at a credit card party, you should be on all the drugs. <laughs> you should. Like if you're celebrating a credit card specifically aimed at getting renters to use that credit card, you have to be on something to justify being there. And I'm fine with Cara Delphine being on something. If that means having to be with a bunch of people that I have no idea that I'm being around with. But yeah, Eric Adams was at this party. And overall, it shows you that political culture is now intertwined with celebrity culture. And I don't know who really started that. Maybe it was Obama. You know, when you saw Obama talk about Kanye West and... You know, his overall, I mean, post-presidency where he is now inviting celebs to Martha's Vineyard and, and getting to them to be at his parties. Uh, maybe it's him. Maybe he created this celebritization of the politician. But overall, I don't like it. I truly don't. I don't think it's beneficial for anybody. I don't think it's something that we should really support or root for. There should be a difference between politicians and celebs. And... You know, when you see these politicians, they're overall losers. Like, every politician is a loser. I don't care what your political ideology is. I don't care who, who you root for or who you rally behind. Politicians are losers. And they've never been popular before. They've never really had anybody really like them. They've wanted this position for that many years, uh, ever since they were in middle school, high school. Um, and now they see, see it as an end to be with the cool crowd, to be with the popular kids. And they're going to take it in stride and they will be the popular kids that they want to be. And that's what I see with Eric Adams. You know, Eric Adams should not be at these promotional events for credit cards for renters. He should be focusing on how to make the city better. You know, focusing on lowering the crime rates, focusing on uh, getting things back to normal from COVID, from, from the absurdity that was the COVID lockdowns and the COVID regime. And that's what he should be focusing on, not on attending a credit card for renters, you know, because who's going to use this credit card? You know, I mean, think about the amount of okay credit cards that there are. You know, whether it's the MX Platinum card or the Chase Sapphire Reserve or the, uh, I mean, the Delta Reserve. You know, who's going to, who's, I mean, this is, this card is mostly for the upper middle class. I mean, if you're throwing a, a party for a credit card, it's going to be for the upper middle class. But there's so many better cards for the upper middle class than this. 
right? Again, you have the Delta Reserve, the MX Platinum, the Chase Sapphire Reserve. Uh, you have, you know, the JetBlue Plus card. You have the um, uh, the Ritz Carlton card. You have the SoFi card. The SoFi card is actually not that great, uh, bad in terms of credits and in, in terms of points. Uh, I'm I'm a cre- I'm a credit shifu kind of guy. I like the credit shifu. Uh, go check that channel out, the YouTube channel out, the Credit Shifu, great ca- channel. But again, for the upper middle class, those are the cards they use. You know, those are the cards that they like. Um, not some renter. I mean, they don't rent card, like apartments. Like, do you really think the rich rent apartments? No, they put down payments on apartments. They don't rent apartments. So I don't know when you would be at this party because it would, it would serve no purpose. If this was like, a better iteration of the Amex black card, hey, by all means, go to that party. But for some card with for renters, why? Why? That makes no sense whatsoever. Again, I mean, you would expect Caradelvine to be at the party. You'd expect ASAP Rocky to be at the party because, you know, they're, they're, they're the individuals that, you know, often go to those sort of parties and whatnot. But again, like, you should have better taste, even as a celebrity. Like, you should have better taste than a card for renters. Like, I thought it was all about luxury and surrounding yourself with quality products. Like, I thought if you, I thought celebrities should focus on that, you know? Like, I thought that's what they should focus on, not on this. Like, if, if I'm a rapper, why would I be at this party, right? If I'm a model, why would I be at this party? If, if it's a credit card for renters... I would not go there. Like I'm, I'm sorry. If I'm, if I'm a rich celeb that has taste and that owns everything that I buy and doesn't rent anything, I would not go to this party whatsoever. I'll be like, are you trying to mock me? Why do you think I would go to a party for a credit card that's only for renters, right? It just makes no sense whatsoever. But again, you know, when you see Eric Adams, it, it shows you that these politicians are losers. These politicians are losers. And I know I'm sort of like, you know, you know, pro- like actively like, you know, looking at the inner minutia of, the, of it all. I get all that. I understand that this is not like what you would expect to hear, but I'm sorry. Like all of these politicians are losers. I mean, Dr. Ross is running for Senate. He's a loser. I mean, he seems quite well-grounded. I mean, he was going after the COVID policies and whatnot. You know, he was saying uh, the importance of your body, your choice with the vaccine. So maybe not so much of a loser. But again, if you're a politician, you're a loser. And I don't care what aisle on the political spectrum you're on. I do not care what your political affiliation is. I do not care about your ideology. If you are a politician, you are a loser. And that's very, very important to hear for everybody involved. So, yeah. Uh, The one good thing that I, I do like about Eric Adams is that he seems more grounded than that of, say de blasio that that's like the only sort of thing that i'll just like to say positively about eric adams he seems a bit more well-grounded compared to that of of de blasio and you know i I think that's that's good but overall the cons outs out perform the pros and and they outweigh the pros and i think attending a credit card party for renters uh that's not good that's not good whatsoever especially for a bank because it kind of shows that you're kind of owned by a bank i don't know not good optics if you're going to a credit if you're going to a credit card event for renters i mean what does that say about the average person that you know struggles to pay the rent you know that you want to put them more into debt if they're not able to pay back their credit card um i mean i mean you should pay back your credit card in full every each and every month but for the average Joe Schmo, I mean, they had difficulty doing that. And it shows our sort of neoliberal system. It shows just how easy it is to monopolize property and how easy it is for banks to monopolize property. And that's something that's not something that Eric Adams should really be in support of. It really isn't. Again, uh, and in terms of speaking about credit cards, I do want to say uh, make sure you pay off your credit card in full. Uh, make sure you spend within your means. You know, treat your credit card as an extension of your debit card. Uh, do not go overboard with your spent with your expenses on your credit card because you will have to pay that back. And if you're not able to pay it back, then your credit score can dip. And as re- as a result, you're not able to rent the apartment that you want to rent. You're not able to 
get get that car you want to get for a loan you're not able to get that student loan uh several factors you can do if you're not able to get your credit score in check not able to buy property as well i mean if your credit card's low then it's going to be difficult for you to buy property so again and because of the fact that i spoke about credit cards make sure you you spend within your within your means you know and treat your credit card as a as an as an extension of your debit card so view the amount of your credit card no differently than the amount in your debit card so if you have like three thousand in your checking account you know treat your credit card as three thousand dollars you know even if your you know credit line is five thousand or six thousand no three thousand all right i feel like i should at least say that as a psa because i know a lot of people that listen to me are around my age range i'm 23 years old so i know a lot of people that when they're in the 20s they they go overboard you know they like to spend extravagantly and uh just know that you can still have fun while being while spending within your means so i feel like that's where i should end it off with the podcast uh with a bit of a financial advice for you uh guys thank you so much for watching thanks so much for listening make sure you like subscribe click the bell icon for notifications down below make sure you leave a comment down below on any of the topics whether it's curio center will smith's instagram apology zoe kravitz or eric adams parting with cara delavine make sure you f- follow me on both my instagram and twitter at aj tucker a-j-a-y-t-h-a-k-k-a-r with an underscore at the end for both my Instagram and my Twitter. Make sure you rate and review on iTunes and Spotify. You can now review on the Spotify app, so that's great news to hear. And last but not least, make sure you spread this through word of mouth and make sure you spread it through WhatsApp. Whatever you can, spread this through word of mouth. Get at least one person, one new person interested in the product, one new one new person interested in the podcast, I should say. Podcast, not product. This is not a product, it's a podcast. But please, please, please make sure you spread it through word of mouth. I think it's, it would be great news to hear. And the more the merrier. You know, I really do want to create this as like some form of a community where we can all just be vocal about things and, and not be uh, uh, gay about it, uh, for lack of a better term. But guys, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, and make sure you subscribe both my podcast channel Podcast Cups channel. And I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday and maybe on Sunday for the Miami Open recap. It depends as to what time the Miami Open, Miami Open final is. Uh, if it's 1 p.m., I'll watch it. If it's 7 p.m., I don't think I'll watch it. But uh, make sure if you're on my podcast description channel that you keep in touch with that. And if you're not, I'll see you guys on Tuesday. And we'll talk more, more about things within our political societal realm as well as things within our tennis world as well. So, guys, thank you so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you guys on Tuesday. All right, guys. Peace. See you all.